Hey there. Welcome to Christ-Centered Combos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. Thanks for joining me as we talk to believers within the Christian Fellowship Ministries to hear the amazing stories of how God has transformed their lives. My prayer is that through each episode, we can be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to press on towards the calling God has placed on each of our lives. This is uh, Pastor Lewis Oliver with the Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church. And I just want to recommend Christ-Centered Convos as a podcast. It's very encouraging and uplifting, good testimonies. Uh, and we're 100% uh, behind Christian and that podcast. Uh, and so also, uh, those of you that are listening, if you have not gone to our website, it's renoforjesus.com. Reno, F-O-R, Jesus.com. Thank you. Hey there, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Christ Center Convos. So this week we are continuing on the story of Pastor Justin Zwier and Mercy. Last week we heard Mercy's part of the story because she got saved just a little while before Justin locked into the Potter's House Church. And so this week we get to hear Justin's story and how he came to serving God in the Potter's House Fellowship and all that God has done in his life and brought him to the point that now they're preparing to go build a work in Carson City and it's just an encouraging story and I hope you guys enjoy and I hope that you guys can be encouraged at the way that God perfectly orchestrates each and every one of our lives just as he has planned and his perfect plan and his perfect timing is just that it's perfect and God is so good and he is faithful and although we may may not see the full picture God knows what he's doing and I hope that you guys can be encouraged by this episode also I wanted to apologize there is a little glitch in the middle of the story I didn't really want to edit it out because it's kind of an important part of the story and how he came to be able to come into our church. So I apologize for the glitch. But anyway, here's the episode and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So um, after hearing Mercy's story, I know that yours kind of piggybacks off of hers. Um, so did you grow up in the church? Did you grow up saved or? Um, I mean, my parents took me to church. I I went to a Christian school. Oh, okay. I, um, you know, they were Lutheran and then Nazarene and then Baptist and this, you know, and this and that. So, okay. So they tried a couple different, like, yeah. So, yeah. So it was, it was definitely a part of my, my growing up. Okay. And then, um. So since I know a little bit more of your testimony than I did about Mercy's, like, how did you, like, veer off? Because it wasn't until you were how old that you, like, really surrendered your life to God. I I think it was, I was 24? No, I was 23. Okay. 23 is when I got, when I got saved. In know. our fellowship. Yeah. Okay. So in the time growing up, can you tell me a little bit about how, how that worked out or, like, what drew you away okay um so like i grew up going to christian schools right i went to a christian grade school middle school and all that you know 
off and on, you know, kindergarten stuff, it was public, but that doesn't really, you know, really have that much play on there. And then um, I went to a Christian high school my first two years. And then okay. my sophomore and I, after that, after my sophomore year, I went to a public school my junior year and then I graduated uh, like a continuation school. So throughout like your high school and that you weren't like really living for God, you weren't. No. Would you say that you were saved at any point? I, I, I would say maybe like when I, like freshman year, you know, because I had, you know, the upbring my upbringing, right. but I, I guess I never really slid forward. I don't think I really slid back because, you know, it's just oh, okay. a product of being in a Christian home. Right. Okay. So then as you progress through your um, years of high school and like your early adulthood, how did, how did that affect you to where, what brought you to actually surrendering to God? Like what, what transpired in your life? Well, through high school and that. I mean, when I went my junior and sophomore, my junior and senior year, I um, went to a public school, and I wasn't really. I mean, I wasn't a Christian in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so like, um, just you know, smoke. I yeah. mean, I was smoking. I um, you know, I I vowed, you know, I wouldn't do any drugs, and you know, next thing you know, I'm smoking bud, and then <laughs> eating mushrooms, and you know, I I dropped acid a few times, and. Smoked hash and opium. Mm. I mean, you know, I had my share of doing stuff like that. Um, never did meth or anything, you know, because I just, I don't know, I never did. Thank God I never did. So you just, just the crowd that you fell into in in high school, you ended up being around those kind of things? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was more, you know, you know, it was just always around. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I was drinking and when I was in high yeah. school and, you know, things like that kind of progress you know yeah. you're, you're drinking and then hey hit this you know i've right. never done that you know and next thing you yeah. know you're smoking weed you know yeah and then and then dropping acid yeah so it kind of <laughs> it kind of you know I, I vowed never to do anything chemical but next right. thing you know i'm you know dropping and acid the, the and the devil works like as soon as you say you're not gonna do those things he finds i feel like he finds a way to like uh bring them in yeah yeah and it was you know i said no chemicals you know all you know, I was smoking almost two packs a day of cigarettes. Wow. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, God knows how many chemicals are in right. those. <laughs> we all have our our funny logics or yeah. justifications for things. So then, um, you, you grew up in Auburn, correct? I did. Okay. And then what brought you to Carson? Well, I kind of, you know, I got in, you know, I was doing drugs and, you know, things of that that nature and back then you couldn't just go buy weed so so I fronted somebody weed you know money on weed and um they burned me okay and so I got one of my friends to go fight the guy because like the guy was crazy okay so I had <laughs> one of my friends who was this big Indian guy I used to hang out with and um long story short the guy was like his mom was a sheriff and his dad was a hell's angel Oh, wow. So. It's an interesting combo. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm one of those people where I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't want to fight this guy and get hit upside the head with a brick. Hmm. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just, I'm out of here. So I, I left off about a year and a half. And then, oh, wow, okay. And then was let go there. And my boss basically cut me free and said, go get a life, get a wife, you know, you're wow. too young to be living up here in the mountains. How old was it that that all, so there was like a bad drug deal or situation and then you went and you lived in Donner and 
How old were you at that point? Probably 22, maybe. Oh, okay. Somewhere around there. Okay, so it wasn't that long after that you... No, and it was, I lived up in the mountains for probably about a year and a half. And then after that, I met up with one of my friends that I knew years ago who was becoming a blackjack dealer in Carson City. Oh, okay. And said, hey, why don't you come live down here? I'll teach you how to cheat the casinos and, you know... So I moved down to Carson for that. Oh, so so you moved to Carson to uh, gamble and cheat casinos for a living? Yeah, basically he was teaching me how to count cards. Oh, okay. And then he was a blackjack dealer. (laughs) And um, so that was the plan. And then what happened with that? Um, His mom ended up getting suicidal. Oh, wow. He moved back home to Fairfield or Vallejo or something like that. And then I ended up living in my car. Oh, wow. Um, living in the casino parking lot or, you know, and I would get paid driving taxi and I would take my money, go spend it all at the casino that night. Trying to like make more money? Or? Yeah. And then, you know, but I, you know, I was drinking when I was doing it, you mm-hmm. know, even he said, don't drink when you do this, you need to be clear headed and, hmm. you know, so long story short, I would spend every dime I made driving taxi And then I'd end up going to live in my car, being broke at the end of the night, hating myself. Hmm. And then drinking myself to sleep and then waking up and doing it all over again. Wow. How long did that last? Um, I want to say that probably lasted like maybe like three months living in my car off and on. Hmm. You know, I would crash at different people's houses from time to time. Okay. So you came down here and you eventually like met people like through driving taxi or? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then at what point... Did you meet Mercy? So these people that I I, I kind of knew, they needed a car to use. Okay. And I needed a place to live. So I would crash on their couch. They would use my car. We kind of had okay. a, a little arrangement like that. Hmm. Okay. And so I did that for a while. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, you probably should bring in money as well. And I said, well, you said you'll use my car and, you know, this and that. So... What I ended up doing was she worked at a nursing home and okay. she asked me if I could cook hmm. and I lied and said, yeah, <laughs> and got hired on at a nursing home and that's where I met Mercy. She was a, I called her a pill giver, <laughs> but I don't know if that's the correct term, oh, Okay. you know, cause she wasn't really like a CNA or an RN oh, okay. or anything. She would just go around and give the, yeah, she would, the you know, help them. there. Their medicine or help bathe them or oh, whatever okay. they needed. Oh, so, okay. So I met her when I got hired on at the nursing home. Okay. Cool. And then how did that, like, pan out? Like, well, she she was she was telling me, she goes, yeah, you need to become a Christian. Because at this time, I want to say she might have been saved a month and a half, hmm. if that. Okay. So and, she was still really new. Yeah. She was really new. And so... She was telling me, yeah, you need to be a Christian. And then I'd say, oh, I effing am a Christian. And every other <laughs> word was F this, F that. And so she goes, I don't think you are. And, <laughs> right? And I, I wasn't in my right mind because she was a single mother. You yeah. Know, at the time, Caden was probably maybe like 15 months old. You know? Mm-hmm. So Caden. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I knew Caden when he was one. And so... She had stickers all over her Geostorm, mm-hmm. like little Jesus stickers, and she had a um, 
like the King James on audio cassettes. She had like the full <laughs> volume cassettes. set. Yeah. Well, what year was this? This was cassettes. This was like 2000, but she was old school. Wow. Yeah. So it just turned to be 2001 after Y2K, and hmm. but she had a tape player in her car, and she had the King James on the. You know, like 60 <laughs> tapes or whatever it was. That's hilarious. Yeah, and I wasn't in my right mind, you know, and never in a million years would I be like, oh, I'm going to go for the single mother. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wanted to get with wanted to get with her. What was it that, like, like you're saying you weren't in your right mind, but you still were, like, going after her. Like, what was it that, do you think it was maybe the, the God factor? Or? It, it could have been subconsciously, but... I mean, I, you know, I know God had his hand in everything. Right, of course. You know, because you look back and hindsight's always twenty twenty, yeah. And, you know, I think with her it was maybe because it had some kind of a link to my past with her being Christian and, mm. you know, kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, so I, I tried getting with her and that was the, hmm. that's, you know, I was totally bad for her. <laughs> not, not going to lie. You know, when you're safe for a month and a half and some guy... Right. You know, so... Yeah, maybe in most uh, situations in the church, that would probably yeah. <laughs> not yeah. work out. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's, that's you know, she introduced me, you know, she was like, well, you need to get, get saved, and mm-hmm. I said, I am. And then, um, you know, but I was, I was really high when I met her. And, hmm. you know, and then... We ended up, I ended up going to church to get with her, you know, as I kind of started hmm. coming to church for, for the wrong reasons. How long did that ha- happen for until um, God was able to get a hold of your heart? Well, for a few weeks, like the first time I went to church, I remember Tekaba, um, who a lot of you guys know, he, he was actually the very first convert in Carson City Church. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, um, he said, well, you need to come up to the altar and pray and you know, give your life to God. And so I said, no. And then finally he was like, yeah, you need to. So finally I just did it to kind of get him off my back. Hmm. So I went up there and just said, okay, you know, and that, it really didn't mean anything. Okay. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Like at first when people come to church, they're just like, okay, fine, just to do it. But then God's able to still work through that and work in your heart. So how long after like initially going to the altar and it not really meaning anything. How how long after did he? Um. Well, about really... a week. I think it was about a week later. Um, I was hanging out with Mercy. Um, and really, we should have been hanging out, you know, right. just because. Yeah. You know. And... But you guys were both so new that you didn't know the standards at the time, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was one of those things where her parents were home, and you know, but it was just I was homeless, living in my car, and you know, we were new to everything, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started hanging out with her, um, and I remember one time she was like, oh, you need to pray with me. So, of course, I'm going to pray with her, you know, because I'm trying to get with this right. single mother. So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, you know, so that really, I just kind of did that for her, you know, mm-hmm. actually probably more for me, you know, right. but it wasn't really. It was, you were doing it for. For, for the wrong reasons. Whatever, yeah, for your gain, but yeah. like really. God had a different plan. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the second time. And then, wow. um, so then I think it was probably about a week later after that. So it was probably like April sometime. 
Um, I was supposed to go hang out with Takama, but he was busy. Hmm. And we were going to go shoot pool or, or something because he was kind of following up on me. Okay, cool. And uh, which, getting saved, I mean, it's key to have somebody follow up on you. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I look back and I go, oh, I, you know, did it on my own or whatever. But, you know, I look back to all these different times, you know, whether I was, you know, sleeping in the Walmart parking lot in my car mm-hmm. or, you know, over here I remember him, you know, driving up and knocking on my window going, hey, you want to go do something? And, hmm. you know, when I'm living in my car. And uh, so I was supposed to go hang out with Tekaba. I think it was a Tuesday. And he was busy for some reason. So I drove up Gonai Road, which is okay. kind of like a road over in Carson that goes up into the hills. Okay. And you can kind of like see the whole... The whole city. Yeah. From there. Cool. Nice place up there. But I went up there and uh, so I just sat and I, I was just kind of like sitting and... I think even at that time, I, I was praying or trying to pray. Hmm. And then, like, God just met me on the side of the hill, you know, wow. on the side of this mountain overlooking the city. And reminded me of everything I've ever done. You know, everything, every single thing I did. And I just broke down before God and wow. and cried and repented. And God brought every single thing, you wow. know. All the, like, bad things you had done? Or... Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, because even driving taxi, you would take... Married men, you know, to the brothels. Oh, my goodness. Because you get a kickback for when they spend money. Hmm. So, you know, that was just my MO. To, you know, you pick somebody up and you say, well, here's what you can do in Carson, you know. And, mm. You know, so things like that, you know, the lying, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. And pretty much God just brought it all to remembrance. and God re- really revealed, the, like, yeah. the state of your heart yeah. to where you, wow, that's so, crazy. So even though like my motives weren't good when I prayed with tech or with mercy, you know, Mm -hmm. God took those and, you know, took those seeds and was able to do something with them. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So then how long has it been that you, that you gave your life to Jesus? I want to say it's pretty close to 20 years. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we're hoping our very first church service is actually going to be almost to the day 20 years since I got saved. That's amazing. Yeah. God is awesome the way he works everything out. So, um, you guys were in, so you got saved in Carson and you served there in that church for how long before you? I want to say we were there like 12, almost 13 years. Really? Wow. It was that long that you were, uh, in serving in the church in Carson. Yeah. So we were, we were there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy how fast time goes and, you know, and I, I always wanted to go, I always wanted um, Pastor Oliver to be my pastor. Hmm. You know, I was, I was always like, yeah, I want, I want to be, you know, because we always knew everybody in Reno. Because they would come and work with yeah. the Carson Church sometimes. Yeah, or we would go up there for revivals. And oh, okay. So I was always like, yeah, I want Pastor Oliver to be my pastor. And, hmm. you know, but, you know, you got to stay where you're planted. Right. You know, you don't. Um, just up and leave, you know? So I was like, and then when the church finally closed, you know, we could have went to any church, you know, and, um, my job even had an opening in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so tempting. (laughs) Yeah. There, and there was a potter's house in Hawaii as well. Hmm. But, um, we just figured since we knew everybody in Reno, you know, it'd probably be the best thing for us. So we moved up to Reno and I forget what year that was, 2013, maybe. Wow. So after serving 12 years in the church in Carson, that church closed down for whatever reason. And then you decided to um, 
move to Reno and come to the Reno church, how did that, how did that affect your, your walk with God and how did that help you or? Well, I think it kind of continued, um, just what God started. You know, there was a lot of the stuff in, in Carson. I, 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 um, did everything from the sound to play guitar, to lead songs. Because it was a much smaller church than the Reno church. It was, so it was almost like being in a pioneer work because there was, you know, any given service, there was like five or six things I was doing. Oh, wow. So, but the weird thing was, was it was no like how to do Bible studies or preach or anything like that. I didn't do any of that there. Oh, okay. So I almost, it was almost like I had to come to Reno to be put in a discipleship role to learn how to write sermons and do Bible studies and head up projects and stuff. Wow. Okay. So then, so it was a a few years before, like, did you have that calling on your heart to go out and preach or? Well, it's one of those things, like when you're in the fellowship, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a guy thing too, of like, we want to conquer. We want to like, whatever there is, we want to, you know, we want to take dominion. We want to do what we're, Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of... I feel like once you get the understanding of the fellowship, like... Well, yeah, once you get the revelation... It's easy for God to put that, that calling on your heart or that desire to yeah, do it's, all that you can for him. Yeah, there's there. I felt like there was like a need. There was like a need and it was kind of like until we... You know, because I even knew when we left Carson, I was like, we're going to be back. Oh, okay. I, I just... See, and once I met you guys and I knew that you came from Carson, I kind of felt the same, that, like, you guys have always been meant to go back there. Yeah, that's... Pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's it's cool, too, because we know a lot of people there, and, um, you know, I know people come and go and stuff, but there's been there's been a lot of seeds planted, because I yeah. think I'm going to be the ninth person to go into Carson. Wow. So, there's been a lot of seeds planted, and... You know, regard you know, regardless who was there, what they did, you know, people seeds were planted, things were watered. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, you know, and then, you know, one waters, one plants, one harvests. You know, so it's like, you know, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be really fruitful. Yeah. Uh, just from all the labors over the years, you yeah. know, because God, God's faithful, and when He says that, you know, He's not, He's not gonna lie. So it's like, we've watered, we've planted seeds. You know, our yeah. fellowship has. You know, because there's been a lot of people that have gone before us. Yeah. So. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited and we're hoping, hoping, you know, first part of April, you know, we just got our keys. So we're hoping first part of April. Awesome. So um, throughout your walk, is there a scripture that's really spoke to you or that you hold close to your heart? Well, you know different times of your life there's right. different things you know yeah you know things like that and i remember for a long time it was second timothy 1 7 that says god hasn't given us a spirit of fear mm. but a power love and a sound mind and you know and then after that it was you know i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and yeah i guess it depends on the season of your life the way you know yeah there's always one that will yeah and even like right now just with you know we're trying to get our house ready to move Trying to get my parents ready to move out of theirs. Trying to get the church get the going. Church, yeah. Working a full-time job and all this. So It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so my <laughs> my nerves are kind of shot. So the one that's been lately has been Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That just says, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in all things bring it before God. You know, in prayer and he'll give you peace. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the paraphrase part of that. But, yeah. you know, different things like that, you know. And 
I'm sure there'll be a new scripture, you know. Of course. Yeah, yeah. and God, God's faithful to help you, helping you just through different times of your life. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, aside from getting ready to go out and pioneer your own church, is there any other way lately that God's, like, moved in your life or, like, been helping you or... I mean, maybe helping me at work, you know, that kind of thing, just having a better attitude. Sustaining you through Yeah, having to go to Truckee every day, wow. you know. You know, you just thank God that you have the ability to go to Truckee. Right. You know, things like that. But I, as far as pastoring a church, that's kind of been, like, at the forefront. Yeah, that's, that's just the, our drive. Yeah. And that's just what's going on right now. And everything else has kind of just been, you know, overshadowed by that. Yeah, for sure. It's... It's at that point where it's all about getting ready to go out and reach that take, city. Take the land. Yeah. And, you know, because I always, I always felt like like God doesn't start, God doesn't change our lives and then like just stop. You know, right. he finishes what he starts. Hmm. And Even I, if it takes a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're 30 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but I always felt like Carson City, he started and... It never was finished. Yeah. And, and God God doesn't oh. start things and not finish them. You know, I know a lot of people got saved and, you know, you know, we'll see in heaven, you know, the benefits of that. But I, I believe God wants a church in Carson. Yeah. You know, God, you know, because that's like a beachhead. It's like, it's like an outpost where right. then we can go from there and, you know, hopefully plant someone in like Minden or Garnerville mm. and kind of go from there and, and you know, and just take the land. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> What was that? I said maybe Dayton someday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of what our thoughts are on that. And, you know, God likes to finish what he starts. Absolutely. That's awesome. So do you have any other, like, last comments or encouragement for anybody listening who may be... I would say just kind of stick with it because we don't see the whole picture. That's right. You know, we kind of we kind of see it where, you know, we don't really see what everything God's doing, and and then what will happen is is we just kind of get stuck in our day to day. Right. And we get frustrated because we don't see the mm-hmm. end picture. But you know, you know, if I would have looked back, you know, a year from now, I would have been like, you know, things seem kind of bleak and everything, and now I look back on wow. God was preparing us then and yeah you know just all the little things that lead up to where God's trying to take you is you know hang tight because you know God's got a plan and you just gotta have a right heart and keep going forward and eventually someday God's gonna show you what he has for you and then then when you look back and you see like oh that's why I moved to Carson Hmm. oh hey that's why you know I did this or I did that and you just see how God had the whole thing orchestrated for you yeah awesome that's very encouraging. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for taking time You're to tell me your story, to tell us your story. Um, and I'm super excited to see what God's going to do for you guys in Carson. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're excited. So uh, with that said, I'm going to have you close us in prayer, if you would be so kind. God, we thank you for Kristen and for her ministry, and we pray for favor. We pray that you give her open doors, God, to show people what you're doing. And we also pray that you would help us as we start uh, work for you in Carson City, that you would bless that church, bring in fruit that would remain. And we pray that you would complete that, what you've started in us and in what you've started in everybody listening to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
That's a wrap for this week's episode of Christ-Centered Convos. I'm so grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate a review. That just helps expand the listenership and help the show be found by more people. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can do so by contacting me at ChristCenteredConvos at gmail.com. I've also created a Instagram page. You can search ChristCenteredConvos to find the Instagram page with the exact same image that you see in your podcast library. Make sure to check the episode notes for links to anything mentioned in this week's episode. There is also an option in the episode notes for listener support, where you can help support the podcast with any allotted amount. It's set up as a monthly thing, but you can cancel at any time, and there's absolutely no pressure to do so. I've also set up a Venmo account for anyone wanting to help support the podcast as we expand and grow the podcast. You can find the information for that as well in the episode notes. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so grateful to be able to do this show and to share these stories, knowing that together, just as it says in Revelations 12:11, we can overcome by the word of our testimonies. This has been Christ-Centered Combos. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay encouraged and be blessed.